This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. Episode number 71 of Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Mark Potter flying solo for this one. Mike Bradley not alongside. He'll be back for episode 72 as he's on assignment with family. And today's a big show. Yeah, we're going to talk softball today. Uh, Coming up a little bit later on, we'll be talking to Carol Hubbard, who is the coach of the Maryland State 1A champion, North Dorchester Eagles softball team. We'll be talking to her. And we had hoped that we would be celebrating a national championship with this young lady, Lacey Lord. Many know her as Lacey Lister from Salisbury University, and she will lead off today's Time Out with Shore Sports podcast. It's sponsored by the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance. Located in Stevensville at 112 Log Canoe Circle in the Chesapeake Bay Business Park. You can train there, play there, and give there. Get more info at theedge360.net. Coach, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Mark, for having me on. My my goodness, and uh, we, we spoke before the national championship uh, final game, uh, should we say the final day, after you had won the first contest and my goodness you guys at Salisbury oh so close coming up short uh one nothing to trine and I don't mean to bring back bad memories but it was a game where you guys had your chances yeah we we certainly did and I mean it's it's not bad memories I mean the the whole ride itself was just uh just an incredible run you know and um, it didn't end, obviously, the way that we wanted it to. You know, our goal from the beginning was to bring home a national championship and um, just really playing with a lot of heart this year for Margie. And, um, but at the end of the day, like, we had a fantastic season, uh, ranked number one throughout pretty much all of the season. And, you know, I mean, that was an incredible game. I mean, it literally came down to two outs, two strikes, and, you know, and it was a walk-off. And uh, but you know, like I told my team, they had to we had to keep our heads high and and stay proud for all that we accomplished. And and also remember that you know it wasn't but a couple of days before that we upset somebody at Barry College. You know, down four nothing in the seventh inning to be able to get our opportunity to play for the national championship. So um, so all good memories. We had a fantastic time in Texas uh, at East Texas Baptist. Just did a phenomenal job hosting the championships and uh, I just couldn't be more proud of my team. Absolutely. You end up the year 49 and six and you mentioned Margie Knight and, and playing for her. And, you know, a lot of fans were calling that when you guys had that walk off against Barry, uh, you know, Margie Knight magic and and you played, (laughs) you, you played for her and, and then you end up and you, you rallied and you end up winning, you know, game one against trying but the last two, I mean, what, the, the second game where you could have won, the bases were loaded, and you just couldn't get that timely hit. The bases were loaded in the first inning of game three of the National Championship Series. You just couldn't get that timely hit, but you talk so highly of the girls, and they fought so hard all year long. And, and you're right, hold those heads high. 49-6 and six is a very impressive record. Oh, yeah. No, it definitely is. Um, you know, and 
And it was, we, it was kind of, it got coined Margie's magic, you know, the Margie magic was in the air, which was really kind of cool. Um, you know, we had timely hitting earlier in the, in the series and then, um, you know, but kudos to Trump's pitching staff too. I mean, I think you have to give credit where it's deserved. I thought that, um, you know, we knew going into the national tournament with the final eight teams that, you know, we knew who had the, the pitcher, you know, and there was a couple teams with one really good pitcher and there was a couple teams with really good pitching staff and trying pitching staff uh, was one of the best in the country. Um, and so, you know, I really just think that they, they went back to work and they made some adjustments and then our hitters, we just didn't readjust in time. And we didn't capitalize in that, in that second game um, where we had, you know, the bases loaded in the first inning and just couldn't with one out, you know, and just couldn't get a run across. Um, and so that was disappointing. And I think that that was probably our, our, uh, our chance, our opportunity, but, you know, again, that's sometimes just the way the chips fall. You're wrapping up your third year as the head coach at Salisbury University. You've been in the NCAA tournament all three years, fifth place last year, second this year. That means uh, you know, championship next year. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, uh, that's, that's what I said to them, too. You know, it's kind of interesting. Trine last year finished the runner-up to Christopher Newport, and uh, – so, you know, they know what that moment's like. And I told my team, I said, well, look, you know, we're going to be right back there. So next year we have, you know, every year we've built upon our experiences. And I think that's really important. Um, you know, our first year or my first year, uh, we went to East Texas Baptist. It was the year after COVID of 2021. And we went to East Texas Baptist that year for the regional tournament. And, you know, at the time we were like, the NCAA, the way they do it, you know, it's like a regional, a super regional, and then the national tournament. But in that year, because of all the COVID restrictions, um, they had changed the format back to the old format where it was 18 regional. So we got shipped to Texas in 2021. And so I said to my team, going to Texas again, I said, you know, we, we, couldn't, we couldn't believe it then. Like, why are we getting shipped to Texas for a regional tournament, you know? But I thought that it was just a good segue into preparing us for what to expect when we got there this year. And, you know, like I tell them, there's no coincidences. I, I believe God works in, in all sorts of ways. And I think that was just a preparation for us. So I felt like we were really prepared when we got there. We knew the field, we knew the terrain, we knew the area. Um, and so it's just really cool. But, but yeah, I expect us to be back uh, next year. It's back in Salem, which we were there last year. Um, and so have a little bit of, of knowledge going into that and, just really excited. I mean, I just, I, I tell you, I'm so blessed to do what I do with the young women that I get to do it with. We're talking with Lacey Lord, also known as, I'll call it Lacey Lister. That's, I still call you Lacey Lister. I do, you know, it's, I didn't even know you had a different last name, but I knew you had been married. So, but, uh, you know, it's one of those it's things. Okay. That, Nobody does. Yeah. <laughs> it's our secret. So, I mean, you've been coaching for a long time. Uh, for those that don't know, Lacey played at North Carolina High School and graduated from North Carolina. Uh, you coached 12 years at Washington College and you took over a team that, you know, essentially was a perennial loser um, and, and turned them around. I mean, you got you led them to their first uh, Centennial Conference title back in 2013. It was by far their best season ever. Um, but 
What do you enjoy more? Do you enjoy the coaching part now, or did you enjoy it more as a player? Because you had a lot of success in North Carolina and at Salisbury University. Oh, man, Mark, that's a tough question. Um, you know, I'm. it's funny. I'm so far removed now from playing, although I still get to throw BP pretty much every day, and I like to challenge them, so I get my competitive side out when I'm doing that. Um I, I love both. I mean, as a player, it, it, I, I loved it. I loved all my experiences at Salisbury at North Carolina, um, you know, and I think that they helped shape me into who I am as a coach. Um, and certainly I had some fantastic mentors along the way too. Um, and then, you know, as a coach, it's like, it's different. Like now I get to help shape these young women and empower them and, you know, show them that, Hey, you can, you can do hard things. You can be a mom of three kids and, uh, still be a coach and be successful and you know you can do whatever you put your mind to um, and so you know I don't know that's a really tough question I loved playing and I guess I'm just thankful and just really grateful that I still get to be a part of the game and um, you know it, it's my career and I get to make money doing it you know I guess that's like the real blessing of it so because not everybody can say that my husband and I have conversations all the time and He's like, I don't want to hear you complain. Like, you get to go to work and do what you love every day. Like, I don't really get to do that. So, you know, I just go to work to make money. Um, and I look at it just a lot differently. Like, yeah, it's my job, but um, just the fact that I can have an impact on these young women and, and, you know, just watch them as they grow and mature over their four-year span, like, it's really fulfilling. Continuing our conversation with Lacey Lord, this next segment sponsored by Midshore Exteriors, handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite GF Certified and Shingle Master Roofers take care of your home or business today. Get more info at midshoreexteriors.com. So much I want to talk to you about. We could go on and on and on. You mentioned motherhood, three children. You know, as a coach, as a mom, as a wife, how hard is it to balance, uh, you know, motherhood, wifehood, and coach? Yeah, it's um, it's definitely a challenge, but I couldn't do it without a supportive family. My husband's extremely supportive, and um, you know, like, and uh, and loves. He's a competitor too, and loves sports, so that makes it easier. Um, you know, he, my family flew down to Texas and got to be there for all that. My parents too. I mean, we couldn't do it without my. Uh, they're just, they're my biggest support system. You know, it takes a village and it really does take all of us. So um, my husband knows that when I'm in season, like he's much mom and dad on duty most of the time. And, uh, you know, but it works and we make it work and it is a challenge, but um, I think I do a pretty good job of trying to have a work-life balance. Um, you know, it is difficult at times, but at the end of the day, like when I go home, I'm home and I'm trying to be with them as much as possible. I try to put my phone down and not answer emails. And that has taken me a really long time to learn to do. Um, but as my children get older and, you know, I'm like, mom, can like, can you give me five minutes? You know, like I've learned that like, that's just what I have to do. And that, you know, there's, there's no one player out there that's going to be that much more important than my own children. And so um, that was, those were hard lessons to learn early. But, you know, again, I just have a fantastic support system. As a matter of fact, the other night I was looking up somebody. Hey, can you get on Google? He's like the master of Google. So he'll Google anybody and find out anything that I need to know, which is fantastic. 
So I had him researching this kid that wants to transfer in. <laughs> <laughs> so how old are your kids? So, well, my my 11-year-old today, Alana, she's 11 today. And then I have a 7-year-old and I have a 5-year-old. They're at a point. Any of them playing sports? Oh, my gosh, Mark, yes, all three of them. <laughs> of course, they um, better be, right? <laughs> Yeah, and all three of them. So, And also, I just might lose you for a second, FYI, if you don't hear me. So Alana um, is 11 today, so we did 10-year travel softball this year. And what were we thinking? LOL. <laughs> um, and so, and then a 7-year-old was in coach pitch in Little League, and Alana actually was in kid pitch in Little League, and then Abby was in t-ball this year. So this spring was um, a first time where three kids were in three different and you know moms in season and so um so yeah so but they're all right now they all enjoy softball but i've told them like if you ever don't like it don't do it for me this is all about you like whatever you want to do so like my little one i think wants to do gymnastics so we're going to test that out um this summer and fall and you know i just encourage them to to play what they love what they have fun doing and i think that's so important and i think it's important for them to be like my oldest really loves basketball too and i'm so happy about that because i want them to be well versed in all the sports so you mentioned t-ball you didn't have to go to any of the t-ball games did you well, I did. I have to. They do are it the for worst. Her. They are the worst. <laughs> there is nothing worse than watching T-ball. Yes, it's. Uh, although I will say, you know, I only got to go to a couple games. Actually, she only got to make a couple games. If we're being really honest, but um, you know, the couple games. You know, you when you watch these little kids and just some of the things that they do, it does really bring a smile to your heart because they're just so innocent. They're just learning and. You know, just it's so cute. I mean, I didn't think that when my 11-year-old was playing her first time and was playing in the dirt, and I'm thinking to myself, what is going on, you know, not realizing, like, that that's normal, you know? And then, but now as each one of them has come through T-ball, I'm like, eh, whatever, play in the dirt. I don't even care. <laughs> Your parents had to remind you that that was you one day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about yes. student-athletes. You know, I'm a coach. Um, You've coached many years. Uh, spent many years in North Carolina um, from 08 to 2019, coaching girls basketball, a couple of years of softball, a couple of years of baseball, and JV football. Now at Easton High School is their JV football coach. But kids, you hear all the time about coaches talking about how kids changed. And Frank Martin, I think, he was a basketball coach at uh, – uh, University of South Carolina said kids haven't changed. He said the parents changed. And when it comes to accountability and things like that, you're recruiting kids, you're seeing kids, and, and you're coaching kids. Even as college students, they're still kids. Over the years, you've been coaching a long time now. Have kids changed? Well, I don't know that kids have changed. Technology has changed, and that's changed the way that our kids live. Um, I, I don't think that kids have changed. I think that when we expect something and we demand excellence, it can be obtained. Um, and I think that expectations maybe have changed, and maybe that that could be the easy way out, like that, oh, kids have changed, which I, I, I don't truly believe that. I do think that generationally that things have changed, you know, like from when I was a kid and we didn't have cell phones to now, that's their way of the world. And so 
I think as a coach, like we have to be able to, and look, I'm not the most tech savvy person. I personally don't like it. I still handwrite all my practice plans in a notebook. Um, but I think that we still have to be in tune with their world and, you know, be accepting of it in the sense that like that, I mean, even my own children, like my 11 year old wants a phone and I'm like, absolutely not, you know? Um, but we still have to be able to, to understand the world that they are living in because it's different than the world that we lived in. But just because it's different doesn't mean that it's not okay. And I think that's the hard thing. Um, you know, with my team, like they know, and, and, and pretty much, I mean, even in my prior coaching, you know, um, at Washington college, like I have a set of standards, we have a culture, this is the way things are going to run. And, you know, it's really easy. You get on board or you're not on the ship. And I think that when we demand that from them, you know, kids want that, they want that structure. They want those, those lines drawn for them. It makes decisions for them a little bit easier. Um, so, no, I don't really think kids have changed. I do think times have changed, and technology has been a, a, the biggest influence to that. But I don't think kids have changed. So that technology has helped, has it not, when it comes to recruiting? I mean, you mentioned, you know, Googling players and getting all sorts of information. But, I mean, because you're recruiting from all over up and down the East Coast now. Yeah, um, I, I think it has helped for sure, uh, you know, obviously because there's just so much information out there, so you have access to anything that you want to know. Um, I do think the social media part of things is a real challenge. Um, I just let my assistant do that because it is time-consuming, and, you know, I find, like, when I was doing it, I would be posting something, but then I end up like aimlessly scrolling, you know, Facebook or aimlessly scrolling Instagram. And so it ends up just taking away a lot of time. So I lose sight of what I'm on there for. So I finally was just told my assistant when I, she came on two years ago, I was like, this is on you. I don't like this stuff, but I know we have to fuck with the Joneses essentially, you know, like if I, if we're not constantly posting something on social media, we're behind because that's, that's the way, that's the way these kids thrive, you know, like our recruits, they want to see what it's like to be a Salisbury softball player. And so documenting things that we do and saying happy birthday and just all those little things, like those are influential factors for kids making a decision to come to college. Talking with Lacey Lord, Lacey Lister here on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. This next segment sponsored by our friends at Four All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center, providing outpatient mental health, psychiatric education, and rape crisis services to the English and Spanish-speaking communities, regardless of one's ability to pay. More info at forallseasonsinc.org. I've always said, you know, that uh, after coaching girls basketball for 12 years, that you haven't lived until you coach girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never coached guys, so I couldn't tell you, but um, <laughs> there's definitely a difference. I, I know that, and, and there's challenges, I'm sure, with each, but... Um, you know, I do think that as a female myself, um, I can relate to a lot of things differently probably than a male could. And don't get, I think there's fantastic male coaches out there that coach female sure. sports too. Um, so, but I do think that there are some challenges with females. Females were much more emotionally driven. Um, 
you know, we take things a little more personally probably than males do. You know, I think males are pretty straightforward when it comes to sports, you know, just in talking with like, you know, some of our male coaches that coach males, you know, Troy Brohan. I mean, I, we have conversations and, and it's just so funny to listen to the differences really. Um, but yeah, they each have their own challenges, uh, you know, and, and you just kind of have to, you know, I think at the end of the day with coaching in general, it's like, you have to figure out what makes each kid tick. And sometimes those are differently. As a matter of fact, I had 26 kids on my roster this year and I can tell you that all 26 of them probably had something different about each one of them in the way that I had to coach them. So the last four years, uh, Madison Lednam has played for you. She came from Cambridge South Dorchester high school and uh, was a strong player. The shore is having some great success in softball over the last several years. Are you finding it more difficult to recruit the shore um, because some of the girls are choosing to go elsewhere? Or what, what's the key there for you at Salisbury? Um, well, first off, Madison Lendham is a young, a wonderful young woman who I just, I am so sad to see leave because I really just think a lot of her and her family and, um, what a fantastic disc ball player and third baseman with a cannon of an arm. Um, but yeah, you know, I do think that softball has grown tremendously. I think for a while we got really hurt by lacrosse and, um, I think you're starting to see it come back around a little bit now. I'm so excited about that because I'm just so passionate about the sport. Um, I call you know, across the devil sport for many years because of that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really did. Uh, it really did impact us for a while. But I do think I think you know I think the thing that's also really helped is just the the television and the televised World Series and how much softball has grown at the Division One level. And I really think that that's had an impact on growing our sport and getting it back to where it was because now you can watch watch these young women play on TV, which is so cool for our younger kids. I mean, my kids love it. Like, they love watching it. Um, and so I think that that's been helpful. But, you know, as far as recruiting kids from the shore, you know, I think that um, – you know, I think it's we we have definitely recruited some, and we've got a kid coming in next year from North Dorchester, um, and we've you know looked at some other kids, and um, you know I think that we are able to recruit those kids. But you know, at the end of the day, some kids really want to go see something other than the shore, and that's totally okay. Right. Um, and sometimes they go away and they realize they want to come back, and then they transfer into Salisbury. So um, you know, I don't think that I think it's. I think it's good. I think, you know, kind of like what I tell our recruits when, when they're on campus visiting, you know, like this is your four-year experience. And so you need to figure out what it is that you want out of it, you know. And for some people, being on the shore in Salisbury, being in their backyard, maybe that's not what they want. Um, but we've been able to, we've been able to recruit, uh, you know, from, from, from the shore. I'll be honest, Mark, if you want, I – you know, the, the old times used to read the newspaper, right? Like, that's where you found out about kids. Well, right. We don't really have the newspaper anymore. So um, the way I find out generally about kids is last minute, it seems like. But um, it's like through Facebook. And, like, you know, I listen to you on the radio and things that you say about some of the local kids. And then I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I should, like, really look into that kid, you know, and see what they're doing. Um, and it's also hard when we're in season, too, So right. because I don't get to follow it as much. But 
um, yeah, we, we like the local kids. There's no question about that. Salisbury is a fantastic school. And, and, you know, you bring up a good point because the media has changed. The media market has tra- changed tremendously. I mean, the newspapers, you know, I mean, they got one writer at the Star Democrat, the local newspaper wow. here, and that's Bill Hoffey. Bill can't be yep. everywhere, you know, and yep. their deadline times have changed so much where, you know, if, if you're going to play a game on a Wednesday, you're not going to read about it until a Friday. You know, because and so that's why I have stressed the local sports so much on 94.3 Winks FM and 96.7 WCEI. But it's just trying to get coaches aware to make sure they send in their results. And I mean, I've been doing local sports on local radio here for 19 years with sport reports. And it's it's still a struggle getting coaches to realize that, hey, you know, we want kids names because that's what it's all about, putting the kids names out there. For anybody and everybody to to hear, because we have kids that are doing great things, not the bad things you hear about in the news. So let's spread the good word. Absolutely. I'm 100% on board with that. Yeah, I'm all about the good news. As a matter of fact, every day when we go out to practice, before we start our practice, we every single day will say, you know, everybody has like open arena. Tell me some good news for the day. Tell me something you're grateful for. I'm all about the good news. There's so much bad out there, and the good just doesn't get publicized enough. Lacey Lord slash Lacey Lister. Yeah, you're on the timeout with Shore Sports. Yeah, I didn't even get into your personal accolades. Uh, Your jersey at Salisbury University retired back in 2007. Uh, Only the fifth person in school history to have their jersey retired. Why? Well, because... Uh, and I imagine you are still the all-time win leader there with 105 wins and the all-time strikeout leader at Salisbury with 1,096 strikeouts. 2016 Maryland Fast Pitch Softball Hall of Fame. 2017 Salisbury University Athletics Hall of Fame. Some you know, pretty cool accolades. And I guess when you sit and talk to players they know that you've been there and you've done that and you know what they're going through. Does that make your coaching easier? Uh, yeah, I, I think sometimes it does, you know, um, you know, I, I would, I, I'm able to relate to them because I have been in their shoes, you know? Um, and so I do think that that makes it easier to have conversations, uh, you know, about, you know, I think what some people don't know about me is that, I, after I graduated at Salisbury that summer, I went and played in the professional league for the summer out in Michigan and, um, probably the worst experience of my life actually. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and most people don't know that. And so like, you know, when I have kids struggling, you know, I can talk about all the good times, but I'm able to talk about the bad times too. And like how we can work through those things. And, you know, at the end of the day, what I always try to tell my athletes too, is that this sport doesn't define who you are. And I think that that gets really lost. Um, and I think a lot of the mental health issues that we see sometimes is that, you know, where kids are being defined by the sport and by their successes. But, you know, we, we don't do that at Salisbury Softball. Like, you're a human being first. You're a person first. I love you no matter what. Um, and whether you have go three for three or you go 0 for three, like, that doesn't matter to me. Like, you're a softball player second. You're a person first. And so, um you know, so I think just being able to be real with them um, and just in your conversations, like, 
you know, trying to help them through whatever it might be, but just, just having real conversations. Like, I think those are so important. And, you know, I think that being a player and a former player, like, I do think that that helps. And I think um, it helped me certainly early on in my career too. And, you know, it's funny, like 20 years, you know, this year, 2023. um, So one of my assistant coaches, Kate Garland, she played with me in 2003, my freshman year, she was a senior, which was 20 years ago this year that we lost in the national championship game, only needing to win one game. So her and I were in tears, of course, after the game, like, this is so crazy. How does this happen again? You know? Um, So, but, but, and then our athletes also know that, but they, they see that like, Hey, we still made it through. We were still successful. Like we didn't get to the end result that we wanted, but we are still, we're still greatness. And I, and I do believe that. So, um, but yeah, I do think that be, being a former player has, it does impact my coaching for sure. All right. I want to wrap it up with you talking about the softball world series, the D one, uh, you know, Oklahoma is just legit. Um, <laughs> do, do you have a favorite because you used to be a pitcher? Do you have a favorite pitcher in college well, I don't, you know, so do I have a favorite pitcher? Um, I mean, Jordy Ball is just fun to watch. She is right? badass, and yes. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's really fun to watch. Um, I also was really impressed this year with, um, and I know I'll say her name wrong, Nigeri Candidate, I think is how you say it, um, the Stanford pitcher. Yes. She's phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, really, really liked watching her. Um, Catherine Sandercock from Florida State, Mm -hmm. you know, she's not your flashy pitcher, but, man, she really gets the job done. Um, So, you know, what it's funny, as I say to my athletes now, I mean, they kind of know still who Lisa Fernandez is, obviously, because she still coaches at UCLA. But when I talk about, like, Michelle Smith or, um, you know, Lisa or, like, some of these older pitchers that I came up with, they're like, who? And I'm like, you got to go do your research on the sport. Like, let's go. <laughs> um, you know, so, but I, I do, um, a Jordy ball is just a lot of fun to watch. And I think it's really cool. You know, the success that Oklahoma's have. And I know a lot of people were kind of hating on them this year, but, um, and look, I, not that I wasn't rooting for Florida state. Cause I really did think if there was anybody that could beat them, Florida state probably had the best opportunity, but, um, just, just what they've done, you know, it's much more than just the just winning three national championships. Like they have really put softball and the SEC too, just like to, together put softball just back in a in a wonderful position. And just all the viewership that's happened and um, being able to put our sport on. I mean, people want to follow that kind of stuff. And the one person you didn't mention that I thought for sure you would mention is Montana Fouts. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, what, what, a you know, what a kid, like, and she's not a kid, but just, just the tenacity that she had this year. And then when she went down with that injury mm-hmm. um, and, and battled back through it and got her team still back to the national tournament, I thought that was just, just really cool. And yeah. it just says a lot about her. And, you know, obviously I don't know her personally, but um, I know that she's been a wonderful role model for our sport. Good stuff. Well, listen, I know you're busy. I know you got to go, you know, recruiting. Can I get the name of the uh, North Dorchester player that is committed to Salisbury? Sure, Anna Hopkins. Okay. Well, there we go.
So Anna's another <laughs> strong player. But uh, stay tuned because we'll be talking with Carol Hubbard from North Dorchester. That's coming up next. Coach, uh, we got to have you back because there's so much more I want to talk to you about. Anytime, Mark. I'd be more than happy to. Hey there, Delmarva. It's Buck, the general manager of Preston Power Sports here to share some exciting Kawasaki and Sea-Doo deals for our Rev into Summer sales event. This month we have 3.9% financing for 60 months on Kawasaki motorcycles, Terex recreational vehicles, and Mule Pro gas utility vehicles. Plus, we have an additional 25% off on select Sea-Doo life jackets. These life jackets are awesome. They encourage mobility and are designed specifically for water sports fanatics. And even if you already have everything you need for summer, remember our service team is always here to assist you with routine maintenance and repairs to all your power sports equipment. Visit us online at PrestonPowerSports.com or come to our store located on Route 50 at 9477 Ocean Gateway, right across from the Easton Airport. We're open Tuesday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. and on Saturday from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can also reach us by phone at 410-822-1766. So don't wait. Come on down to Preston Power Sports to check out these Kawasaki and Sea-Doo deals before they're gone. And remember, Power Sports costs less with Preston. Time out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group and uh, Mark Potter flying solo today without Mike Bradley and uh, talking softball today. So good to catch up with Lacey Lister slash Lacey Lord, the head coach, uh, head softball coach there at Salisbury University. This next segment sponsored by Perettenmoy Therapy Associates located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Brett and the staff get you back to feeling new again, accepting most insurance policies. So step away from the pain by calling Brett and Moy Therapy Associates at 410-604-2982. So now I want to turn our attention to high school, and Carol Hubbard joins us. She is the head softball coach at North Dorchester High School. She also has coached uh, uh, the volleyball there. And Coach, thanks for taking time to join us. Sure, I'm happy to be here. All right, we got to get right to it. National championship um, for North Dorchester. It was their first ever softball championship. That had to be a pretty special feeling for you as a coach. Oh, absolutely. I mean, obviously that's what every high school team sets their sights on every season and we knew this year that we uh, had a legit chance at it we had everything we needed offensively and defensively and um yeah it was just a a great season all around a great group of kids and they put in the hard work and it paid off you beat everybody but Mardella how how comforting was it for you to see Mardella lose in the uh, in the there in the final you know eight to know that you don't have to play them (laughs) <laughs> well, actually, we were kind of hoping for a rematch with them. Um, Mardella is a great team, and uh, we knew going into the couple games that we had with them this season that, that they would be tough tough games. But, uh, you know, they were both close games. We lost one, I think, 4-3, to three, and the other one was 4-2. to two. So close games, we were in both of them. And I look forward to some good competition with, with Corey and the Mardella squad in the upcoming years. Of course, Corey Shiles, the head coach there at Mardella for softball. Uh, these girls, they were uh, there were a few games this year where they were the heart attack girls for you, um, you know, but uh, managed to pull it out in the end, like the championship game. Um, it's you had a lot of players that they may not have been 
the best players in the world, but they played together. How important is that for a team in a, in a sport like softball that you gel as a team and not have standout people that, you know, are the absolute best? It is absolutely key. This whole season, we just had great chemistry between the girls, great chemistry between all of the coaches and the girls, and I think that really means a lot. They trusted each other. They depended on each other. You know, uh, Emily Coey was our main pitcher this year, and for the most part, she had great games, but there were games when she struggled a little bit, and she knew that she had the defense behind her to back it up, and I think, um, you know, that, that really is a key to any successful team in any sport. No doubt. And, you know, I think baseball and softball are unique in you can't have a selfish team because you're going to be asked and you can't worry about stats because you're going to be asked to do things that are better for the team that may not look as good on your stat sheet personally, but in the grand scheme of things, it helps your team win games. Oh, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. You know, there were times this year where, we bunted the girls in the top of our lineup and they were the girls that typically have the higher batting averages and, and the stronger hits. But when the situation was right for that, we knew that we could count on them to give themselves up and give that sacrifice and get the run in, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, or likewise, if we had runners in scoring position, you know, there were times when we told them we just need a deep ball. And, you know, we had kids that were able to produce that and, and score the run and, and give up there at that for the better of the team. Emily Coey mentioned her, and, and she was stout in many games, but really stepped up big for you in the in the playoffs and the championship game. But then you have somebody, we, we talked to Lacey uh, Lister, Lacey Lord just a little bit ago, telling us that uh, Anna Hopkins is going to be heading to Salisbury next year. You know, you have, gosh, you could just go around the, the infield and the outfield mentioning names of players that had big impacts on your season. Absolutely, yeah. Like you said, Anna Hopkins is heading to Salisbury next year. Lacey is getting a phenomenal athlete in Anna. She was our shortstop, and, but for her travel team, she plays shortstop and some outfield too. She has incredible speed on the bases, and she's a really smart base runner. She led our team this year. I believe she had 21 stolen bases. I'd have to go back and double-check to be sure, but pretty sure that's it. Um, but, yeah, another kid that, you know, is willing to, to do what she needs to do for the betterment of the team. And like you said, I can kind of go around the, the infield a little bit. Maddie Nagel was lights out on third base, especially uh, towards the end of the season and all through the playoffs. I don't think the kid had a single error in playoffs, and she made some key, key plays for us. She had a diving catch on a line drive in the state championship game. Um, definitely would have put runners on base if not, had scored a run for Katakin had she not made that play. Um, Sayla Creighton played second base for us most of the season, and she had some uh, key catches in that uh, state championship game. She also had some key hits. She wasn't one of our higher batting average kids, but I think there were at least two games where she drove in the game-winning run. Uh, Jules Vroman is only a freshman. She played first base and pitched some for us. She did an outstanding job there. 
Um, Maggie Hubbard was behind the plate for us. I think she was number two on the team in batting averages with a 500, and she only allowed one pass ball in the entire season. So wow. 24 games with only one pass ball behind the plate is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and my outfielders, I've got Mackenzie Lewis. She made first uh, team North Bayside as my center fielder. Um, again, she had a thousand percentage fielding, so no errors in the outfield. Um, she's another kid that's looking to play college ball. And um, in my right and left field, um, kind of move them around a little bit. But Ryland Blake had two key catches in the state championship game. Um, and Emily Boyle was over in right field. Um, didn't get a lot of action in the state game, but had some really good catches and plays, um, particularly against Mardella. I know at least two or three that stand out to me in those games against Mardella. And just a really solid kid. So you have coached softball and volleyball there at North Dorchester High School. And North Dorchester is a small school. Sometimes mm-hmm. trying to get athletes to come out has been a struggle. But there's two programs there that you know have, and they speak for themselves, have been successful. I mean, you were so close this year to getting you know to the state championship game and winning the state championship game with volleyball you do it in softball what what is it about the teams and the girls that you get to come out and participate in your programs um i think a lot of it just has to do with my expectations i try to be very clear with the girls uh with what i expect from them i don't take a lot of excuses we go in we have a game plan and we execute it. They know what I expect at practice. They know what I expect at games. And again, we do. We try to do a lot of team building stuff outside of of the sport. And I think that helps. It allows kids, like I said earlier, just to trust each other and want to do well for their team. And I think that that shows on both the volleyball court and the softball field. Talking with Carol Hubbard from North Dorchester High School. So uh, are the girls like the big thing on campus now that they uh, they won the state championship? I mean, school's out now, but I mean, you know, they could wear that crown for a couple of weeks, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's been great. Um, you know, we've had a couple different things in the community. We got recognized by the county commissioners. Um, a couple of the girls went to a Bay Sox game a few weeks ago and got to throw out the opening pitch and think the big one of the big things that they're really looking forward to tomorrow night will be at uh, Orioles at the Orioles game in Camden Yards and they'll get recognized on the field for that so it's just really cool to see the community come out and support these kids and that's one of the things that I told them you know I hope you guys realize how much support you have from the community and how good that makes you feel so I encourage them to take every opportunity they get in the future to do that for other people because the support does mean a lot. Absolutely, and I and I think over over time, you find that you know in like around COVID, just before COVID, maybe just after COVID, the support for our student athletes I don't feel like was there. But I kind of feel like over the last year, maybe two years, you start to see more and more people out at high school sporting events, and to see a crowd at softball is pretty impressive because they get pretty loud. (laughs) Yeah, we definitely have some spirited fans. Um, Yeah, I would agree with that, that COVID kind of took a lot away from from students in general. And um, 
with kind of the return to some normalcy, it just gave the student, the teams themselves, the student body, the community, something to rally behind and support. And it's just been great to see how well the girls have done and the community support has been great. We got a, a welcome home escort when we came back from the state game and there were so many uh, first responders, sheriff's department, state police, fire companies that came out and escorted the girls home. And that was just something that they'll never forget. It was the coolest bus ride I've ever been on in my life. Absolutely. All right. Before I let you go, I, I got to ask you as a coach myself, what is your most favorite part of being a coach? I would say absolutely it's the relationships that you build with the kids. Winning the winning the state championship was phenomenal. It's something we'll never forget. You know, we've won a couple regional championships. But just seeing those girls love each other and love the sport that they play and that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Well listen, we thank you for joining us and again, congratulations on a remarkable season. And congratulations on bringing North Dorchester their very first softball state championship. It's something that uh, you'll always have to put your hat on. Thank you very much. And, yeah, again, I just want to give a shout-out to the girls because they're the ones that put in the hard work and and saw, saw it pay off. Absolutely. Have a great day, and thanks again. Thank you. If someone you know is exhibiting signs of depression or withdrawal, take time to connect. Ask, are you okay? Listen closely and without judgment. Share mental health resources. For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center is here for anyone struggling with a mental health challenge. Visit forallseasonsinc.org. That's forallseasonsinc.org. It's okay to ask for help. For All Seasons is here for you. Time out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. And uh, this segment sponsored by our friends at Queenstown Bank. They are your community bank on the eastern shore with nine branches across four counties. Conveniently located in or near your hometown. Stop in at any of their branches or you can give them a call at 410-827-8881. Or check them out online at queenstownbank.com. Queenstown Bank, your official hometown bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. So recording this on a Monday uh, over the weekend, a tragic accident took place uh, Friday night, late Friday night into Saturday. And Saints Peter and Paul's uh, lost one of their hockey players, uh, Benny Dyer, Benedict Dyer, uh, passed away, succumbing to his injuries from the accident and Easton High School's Drew Larrymore, who uh, is a rising a junior and was a football player there, uh, also suffered injuries. Uh, thankfully, he is uh, going to be okay. He's got a lot of severe injuries. He is currently in the hospital in critical or serious condition there at Shock Trauma. He's got a long road to recovery, but thankfully, uh, he is uh, not fighting for his life at this point. Uh, we offer up the prayers to the family and friends of Benny Dyer and also to the family and friends of Drew Larimore um, as he continues to fight. But I bring that up because I think it's important for all of us to remember that 
we are at a point where our kids that are 15, 16 years old, 17, 13, 14 years old, they're dealing with the loss of a friend. And the reasons or the, the surrounding events, at this point, it doesn't matter. What's important to know is that we may be dealing with a child that needs help, that has questions. And I encourage you to reach out to our friends at For All Seasons Behavioral Health uh, or, or any other um, places in the community uh, that provide mental health services because sometimes they just need to talk. Uh, you can always reach out to the local high schools and uh, uh, talk into the counselors there. They're trained for that. So uh, show a little compassion if you have a kid that's on edge that maybe is uh, you know, not dealing with this very well. It's just important to note that uh, we need to be present for our kids in a time like this. So uh, I want to thank Carol Hubbard and Lacey Lord for joining me today. Uh, Great conversations. And and Lacey, we could talk with her for hours about the sport of softball, her career. um, And, of course, uh, coming up, uh, you'll want to join us next week. Uh, Mike Bradley will be back with us, and uh, we're going to be talking to the new coach at Snow Hill High School. And I believe we're going to be talking to Al Waters, too, from Queen Anne's County High School um, as we got an update from him. And, uh, you know, he's the former coach of Queen Anne's County High School, so hopefully we can talk to him as well on the next episode of Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Want to thank the folks at Hook Optics. Yes, an amazing fit for heads of all sizes and a variety of colored polarized lenses. You know, if you need prescription sunglasses, they can do those too. Stop by an optical galleria in the Teal Marsh Plaza in West Ocean City, on West Water Street in downtown Centerville, or in downtown Easton on Harrison Street to try on a new pair of Hook sunglasses. Check them out online at eisenart.net or hookoptics.com. I've got my pair. You're going to want yours, especially now that summer is here. Have a great day. Thanks for listening, and hopefully you enjoyed uh, this edition of Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another timeout soon here on shoresportsmd.com.